Good evening, Hampton Roads, and welcome to this episode of Marriage and Family Clinic. I want to welcome you all over the world, every state in the United States of America, every country that's listening to us. We're honored to have you, so glad to have you. want to speak a word of encouragement to you during this episode. You're listening to Marriage and Family Clinic, Southeastern Virginia, Northeastern North Carolina. You can listen to us on 1350 AM. You can find us on 100.1 WBXBFM and also WPCE 1400 AM. You'll find us there. You can also find us on the podcast. Just search Bishop C.D. Hodges. That is search Bishop C.D. Hodges on iTunes, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. You'll find the podcast there. You can always find Marriage and Family Clinic. We're always available for you. And we're here to help you get your relationships together. Want to help you mend and fix those marriage and family relationships. Help you figure out what makes you tick. Help you figure out what's going on in you. And offer you some worthwhile strategy to assist you in perfecting and maturing your marriage and family relationships. Listen, I'm just so honored to have you here on Marriage and Family Clinic. And I'm excited also to announce to you that I'm actually speaking to you from the country of Japan. Yes, I'm sitting in the country of Japan. I'm sitting here in Tokyo, Japan, sending this program to you on this evening. So you pray for me while I'm over here uh, doing what I believe the Lord has opened the door for me to do. And we're going to continue to provide uh, this material. We're going to continue to submit to you episodes of Marriage and Family Clinic. We're going to come to you live. We're going to come to you pre-recorded. We're going to bring to you uh, various materials. We're just going to have a good time in Marriage and Family Clinic. So let's hop right into this tonight. Let's hop right into this. Listen, I've done a couple of weeks on the issue of divorce already. And um, I'm kind of dealing with divorce because it's still a hot topic. It's a hot issue. It's a, it's a problem. It's a problem in our country. It's a problem in Western society. It's a problem in every society. This matter of divorce. And again, I just don't believe that anybody marries with the idea that I'm going to end my marriage. And certainly we don't get married with the idea that even if we end the marriage, we're going to become bitter enemies. Unfortunately, that's what we see all too often. We see husbands and wives. The relationship disintegrates into chaos. They end up getting divorced and they become bitter, angry, hurt enemies. I'm going to break that down a little bit more in just a little bit, but they become bitter, angry, hurt enemies. And over the last couple of weeks, what I've said to you is that uh, couples choose divorce as a viable option when in actuality, it's a move of desperation. It's a move of desperation. But couples choose divorce as a viable option not because of what someone did, but because of how they interpreted what happened. 
Remember I told you that last week. God may allow divorce in the case of adultery, but he doesn't require divorce. And what happens in the case of divorce is when couples select divorce as the option they believe to be most viable, to me, what they're really saying is that we're going through something and I really don't have the skills to successfully negotiate this emotional minefield. I don't have the skills, and because I don't have the skills to negotiate it, there must mean that it cannot be reconciled. It cannot be repaired. And so we put this tag on divorce and call it the reason irreconcilable differences or irreparable differences. When it's not irreconcilable differences, it's I don't have the reconcilable skills. I don't have the skills required to reconcile the differences. And so we choose divorce. And, and I want to discuss this just a little bit more. I want to talk about it just a little bit more because a few days ago uh, when I arrived here in Japan, uh, I happened to tune into a TV show and the name of the show was Love and Marriage Huntsville. Love and Marriage Huntsville. And I don't know if you've ever heard of that before. I don't know if you've ever seen it before. But uh, in, in this TV show, there were three or four couples. A couple of the couples were married. Some were not married. Uh, there were some outside people involved in it, but there were these couples and there was conflict galore. I mean, their cups were running over with conflict. They were stressed out. I mean, they, they were stressed and one couple in particular, they were trying to work on their divorce. They were trying to work on their divorce. But the stress, oh my goodness, the stress that these couples were enduring as a result of the chaotic relationships, as a result of the toxicity in their relationships, the stress was about to drive me loony. And the undercurrents to their communication, there were undercurrents. They were saying one thing and really meaning another and just unable to hear each other. And you know what? There's really no communicating with an angry, emotionally heightened person. There's, there's just no way to communicate with them. You can't settle them down. You can't reason with them. You can't have them understand what you're trying to say to them. They don't understand what you're trying. The only thing they're doing is that they're so caught up in the moment. They're so caught up in their feelings that they can't even listen to anything or anyone else trying to get their point across. And this was going on as I watched this television show called Love and Marriage Huntsville. Uh, unable to hear each other. They were unable to deal with the hurts and offenses of the past. They were just unable to deal with it. And even as they were saying, look, I don't want to argue this time. We just want to tend to this business. Even as they said that with their mouths, 
they almost immediately disintegrated into chaos because of the hurt and the pain and the insult and the offense throwing shade at each other. And then this couple who was planning a divorce went to a get together with other couples who had similar dynamics going on. And here they all are together, faking a party. All these undercurrents, faking a party. And they all said they didn't want drama, but drama is exactly what they all stirred up. Saying things like, it's okay, when it really wasn't okay. And a whole lot of tit for tat. You know, you're not discussing, you're not working on a problem when you just trade barbs about who did what. That's not talking out problems. That's trying to place blame. That's trying to get the pain off of one and put it on the other. But, the, and you know, and, and there were a couple of them who came to the party. I mean, they were ready for something. In the somehow, it seems like some people just thrive on drama and conflict. They just thrive on drama and conflict. Oh, I'm here in Japan. I think I just got a call from my wife. I'm going to call you back, honey. Some people just thrive on drama and conflict. And even when things seem to be going smooth, these people who thrive on drama and conflict, they're going to do something to disrupt and disturb the quiet. They're going to do something to disrupt and disturb the peace. And nobody ever hears what the other is saying. And I'm, and I'm talking about this show because I'm going somewhere with this. Here's what impressed me about this show. People would say they wanted things to be better. In this show, the couple that was divorcing, they would say they want things to be better. They would say, let's not argue. But that's exactly what they ended up doing. And it was all because of the hurt and the anger. They were so hurt and so angry until it got so deep and so steeped in them, they didn't know how to love through it. You know, some couples will say, as long as we have love, as long as we have love, and that's true. What you really need is love. But you may not have the love in you that's required for a situation. The love you need may have to come from outside of you. I'm going to talk about that in just a moment. Love is the answer. But as humans, as men, as women, we can be so hurt. We can be so offended. The hurt and the offense can be so deep until we run out of ability, we run out of knowledge, we run out of the skills, we run out of the tools to deal with the hurt, to deal with the anger. And it turns to bitterness. It turns to bitterness. 
And here's what I want to tell you. It's imperative that bitterness is taken care of before it takes root. When we hurt, when we offend each other, when we mess up, it is imperative that we get that fixed. We've got to hurry up and forgive. We cannot carry it. We cannot hide it, hoping things will get better. We cannot cover it. We cannot walk over it. Hoping it'll work itself out. Oh, it wasn't that bad. It'll work itself out. Listen. Just like little becomes much when you place it in the master's hands. Little hurt becomes deep anger and hurt. Deep bitterness. When we don't place it in the master's hands. Are you with me here? And so as I watched this couple, this one couple in particular on marriage, uh, uh, love and marriage Huntsville, as I watched this one couple in particular, oh my goodness, they, oh, they just couldn't hear one another, angry with one another, hurt by each other. And they just ran out of tools to deal with the hurt. It had been festering too long. It had just been festering too long. And I'm telling you, you cannot afford to get your hurt taken care of. Where there is disappointment, where there is hurt, where there is offense. If you're in a marriage and you feel like it's fizzling out, if you're in a marriage and you're losing emotion, you're losing attachment, if you feel the, the joy of or the happiness, if you feel, feel the bliss of the marriage, if you feel the high of the marriage, the enthusiasm, the excitement of the marriage, if you feel all of that waning, you need to get it taken care of. You need to deal with it before it festers and becomes something that you don't have the tools to deal with. I'm telling you, you need to deal with it. And I watched this one couple, how they just disintegrated in the chaos. How they just fell all apart. They could not have a simple conversation. I watched them. And it dawned on me. It dawned on me. This is what Hebrews 12 and 15 is talking about when it warns of the root of bitterness. Hebrews 12 and 15 says, Looking diligent, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. I don't have time to do an exegesis, and this is not a Bible study right here, but I got to tell you the Hebrew 12th chapter uh, there, it, it's dealing with relationships. It's dealing with relationships. And where our relationships are concerned, Hebrews chapter 12 tells us that when we sense bitterness arising, do whatever it is we have to do to get over it so that that bitterness does not take root. 
We cannot allow that bitterness to take root. So you may be saying, what is the root of bitterness? What is the root of bitterness? Well, let's look at root first. R-O-O-T, root. The root is a plant, a part of a plant that grows deep into the ground and anchors the plant in place, whether it's a tree or a bush or whatever. The root grows into the ground and anchors the plant in place so that the plant does not move. That's what a root does. And it goes deep. It goes deep and it will wrap itself around a rock that's deep underground to give it an even stronger hold. That's what a root does. And when the Bible in Hebrews 12 warns us against a root of bitterness, the word is telling us that when you don't take care of this anger, these insults, these offenses, this hurt, when you don't take care of it, it grows deep in your soul. It acts like a root and it grows deep in your soul and wraps itself around your heart and takes on more strength than you ever dreamed of. That's what the root of bitterness is all about. That root that grows deep into the ground, reaches deep down in the ground, finds a rock and wraps itself around that rock. But that root of bitterness, it grows deep in your soul, deep in your heart, wraps itself around your heart, wraps itself around your soul. the root of bitterness. And it's so deep and it's so strong that a, I don't have a better term than this, but a normal forgiveness is not going to work. And I believe there's somebody listening to me right now. You may be saying that's exactly what's happened to me. That describes very well. That describes perfectly what has happened to me and my wife or me and my husband in our marriage relationship. A bitter, uh, a root of bitterness has sprung up. Something has gone deep inside of me. We haven't taken care of this hurt and offense. We haven't forgiven. And it's gone deep inside of me. It's grown deep inside of me. And now we argue before we say good morning. We argue at the way we say good morning. I guess we'd better get a divorce. Not so. Not so. You can deal with a root of bitterness. You can deal with the root of bitterness. So the Bible warns us against the root of bitterness in Hebrews, the 12th chapter and verse number 15, the latter part. But in the first part of Hebrews chapter 12 and uh, verse 15, the Bible says something else. Well, actually, the latter part of Hebrew 12 and 15 gives the warning against the root of bitterness, but the answer to the root of bitterness is in the previous verse. The previous verse, the answer to the root of bitterness 
is follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. So the answer to the root of bitterness is to follow peace with all men and holiness. Follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. Also, when we get down to verse 15, the warning against the root of bitterness is in the latter part of verse 15. The answer to the root of bitterness is in the first part of verse 15. What is that, you may ask? Looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest not of uh, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble in you, and thereby many be defiled. So what's the answer? Looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God. You got to have the grace of God. So let me put this together real quick. Here's the deal. Hurt, anger, offenses. If we don't get them taken care of, they can become the root of bitterness. They can take root in our souls and become a root of bitterness. And if we're going to fix it or it becomes a root of bitterness and it taxes us so, it pulls on us so, it stretches us so, it afflicts us so until it convinces us that we have no option other than divorce. But I'm here to tell you that God always has another move. He told us, he told us, number one, follow peace with all men. You got to seek peace with God so that you can have peace with all men. Follow peace with all men. And he told us, number two, trust God's grace. Trust God's grace. And let me tell you something. You cannot trust your wits for a successful relationship. You cannot trust your experience, your insight, your oversight. You cannot trust those to keep your relationship, to make your relationship whole, to fix a hurt and damaged relationship. You can't trust your own mind. You can't trust it. Uh, so you've got to have the grace of God. Well, what is grace all about? We've got to lean and depend on God doing us a favor and keeping us. And we have to realize that God has done us favors by keeping us. And we owe the same favor to someone else. No matter how badly we've been hurt in our marriage relationships, we have not been hurt as bad as Jesus was hurt. And God still found it in his heart to forgive us. Still found it in his heart to forgive us. So God deals with us by grace. He does us a favor in spite of what we deserve. And he forgives us, he washes us, he mends us, he makes us whole. And God is calling for us to operate in grace in our marriage relationships. 
It is not about, it cannot be about what your mate, what your spouse, what your husband or what your wife deserves. Cannot be about what they deserve. Uh, that's not going to do it. As a matter of fact, if you think back a long, long, long time ago, over a year ago, I told you one of the five guiding principles for marriage was what? Love, love, and grace must rule. And not only grace, but you're going to have to trust God to love you. I'm telling you how to overcome a marriage relationship that has disintegrated into total chaos and you're ready to throw the towel in and get a divorce. You're going to have to learn to look to God to make you whole. Look to God to love you. God is the only one who can give you perfectly what you need. No other human can do it. And you and I have to learn to trust God to love us. We have to learn to trust God to love us. When we are secure in God loving us, we can love our spouses even more. Even more. But it begins with you trusting God to love you. Hmm. Wow. I cannot stress that enough. No one can make you whole but God. You cannot trust another human to make you happy. That's why you and me, you and I, in our marriages, in every one of our relationships, the very best thing we can do for that relationship is, number one, be honest. And number two, settle matters much, much, much earlier than later. Settle the account. Settle the issues. Settle the matter much sooner than later. Hmm. So here it is. If you're going to overcome, if you're going to overcome this hurt, this anger that has gripped your soul. And keep in mind now, that's why people choose divorce. Hurt and anger has so gripped their souls. And you need to remember who you married. Because we don't want hurt and anger ruining our lives. We don't want hurt and anger determining our future. And let me tell you something. You may not realize it or not, but when we carry that bitterness, it has the potential to impact us physically. Physically. Those types of relationships, they can carry us through those dynamics working in our relationship, the dynamic of hurt and anger and bitterness. 
It can carry us through. And we may not have what it takes to last. So if you're going to help it, you got to follow peace with all men and holiness. You got to seek out holiness. You got to seek to be right with God. You have to work to be right with God yourself. And then you got to trust God's grace. We have to remember amazing grace saved us. God worked his amazing grace in our lives and we need to work his amazing grace in the lives of others. Yes. We need to work his amazing grace in the lives of others. And then last but sure and not least, we need to trust God to love us. First John 4 and 18, I believe, says perfect love casts out fear. Perfect love casts out fear. And holding on to all the hurt, holding on to the anger. I think we're holding on. Because we haven't paid back. We're holding on to it because we feel like someone owes us. Let it go. Let it go. Chase God for peace and holiness. Have grace on others just as God has had grace on you. And trust God to love you. Listen, I've got to go. I'm all out of time. I wish I had time to deal with this a little bit more, but I'm all out of time now. Listen, if you want to hear this again, just check out the podcast. Search Bishop C.D. Hodges at uh, iTunes, Spotify, or iHeartRadio. I'm out of time. Took a little bit longer, but we got to get out of here. And just remember, just remember, you can't have peace unless you surrender your life to the Prince of Peace. God bless you. We're out.